The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. To start, I should probably tell you a little bit about myself. Be uh, start with the first photo up there. So this is uh, me and my wife Kim. She's here. Uh, this is our family, and. Uh, this is, it's not just the two of us, because she is pregnant currently, and we are expecting our first child, so little baby Gore's line will arrive uh, late January, early February. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet, but we're really excited. Um, the, there is one family member missing from the photo, and that is our dog, Clyde. Um, and, and Clyde is a ridiculous, long-haired chihuahua, and I promise you I would have never bought one um, at all. Uh, but we found him, and he, he became a part of our family, just as easy as that. Um, we found him, and what's been great is Clyde, named after Clyde the Glide Drexler, my favorite Portland Trailblazer of all time, is um, a huge joy uh, to have in our life. And, you know, that said, what I do day-to-day life is, I, like I said, I work with a ministry called Leadership Development. Um, some of you might have heard of Washington Student Leadership Events and uh, our efforts to connect current students uh, college students, young adults with business and community leaders uh, who love Jesus and who can disciple them and show them what it looks like uh, to maybe follow Jesus in a variety of contexts. Uh, so that's what I do in day-to-day life. Um, but something about me that I don't know if many of you know, because I kind of just realized this, is that I love returning. So, yeah, I know, I'm back at the end, right? Go figure. What I mean by that is, Returning is one of my favorite things in the world. So an example would be, you know when you go to a place and you make an incredible memory and then you come back to that same spot and then you have this moment of reflection where you're like, oh, man, look at how far I've come. Right? You know, that, that sense of, oh, my gosh, look at the progress that maybe God has made in my life or you know, the ways that God has been faithful and how I've experienced his faithfulness um, in and through my life in that way. And for me... Um, you know, this room is actually a place of returning that's been really special for me. Um, four years ago, in the summer of 2009, my uh, wonderful wife and I had a rehearsal dinner in this very room. So, uh, you know, as I was in here earlier practicing, so I didn't blow it in front of you guys, what happened as I was thinking about it, as I was reflecting on, um, you know, what has happened And what has changed? And again, these experiences, if you go back to the same place and you see, man, God, you have done a lot in my life. And, uh, you know, another place for me that is kind of the quintessential return is the Dominican Republic. So when I was a freshman at Seattle Pacific University in uh, 2005, I went to the Dominican Republic. (laughs) And uh, it's okay. You might want to zoom in on this for the fun. Okay, so, 2005, I'm in the Dominican Republic, and let me explain to you what my first experience like was in the DR, uh, was like in the DR. I was incredibly needy during my trip to the DR, and, and what I mean by that is I, um, you know, it's kind of, I became a Christian about a year and a half before. This was my first mission trip, first time out of the country, and really my initiation to the big leagues of the college social life. You know, I'm coming from SPU. I'm over here. There's like 90 kids. They seem really cool. Most of them are older than me. And I'm thinking, man, I have got to impress these people. I got to do everything I can to get them to like me. So I know what I'll do. This is the logical thing to do. I'll make sure I insert myself in every conversation. 
And then I'll maybe have an input or, you know, kind of a piece of advice for every devotional. You know, if somebody says, anybody have any thoughts on that? I'm like, oh, I got a thought. And then, you know, other things like, you know, doing everything I could to woo, you know, to win over the person that I couldn't during the trip. You know, that person that you're like, man, why can't I get them to like me? Like, I'm trying to do everything I can to get them to like me. And ultimately, all that ended up happening from that was I had people who came home hoping to have another vacation from the vacation that they had with me really needing and and hoping to people please and get their approval during that time. And I don't say this to to rag on myself or to to be down, but you saw the braids, right? This is the type of compromise I was making because I had had serious FOMO and, and kids were braiding hair, so I figured, hey, why not? I should step up to the plate because if I missed out on that moment, who knows what that would mean for my social life. So... The fun thing about that is I had an opportunity to return to the DR a few years later. But there was one stop along the way in between that, and that was when I interviewed for the internship here at the end. Well, go figure, the people who are interviewing me or the people that are now on staff were the older kids on that trip. And my favorite line from the interview was, wow, um, it seems like Jesus has really done a lot in your life. Which is a nice thing to hear after four years. And so, um, you know, going back to the DR was a very different experience. And I have a photo of me with, you know, some of those guys that I went with during my freshman year when I was in that space of seeking the approval of others and finding a lot of shackle from that. And um, what I got to experience in college and in those years and ever since is really this determination by God to free me from the shackle of the approval of others. I mean, God has been faithful to send mentors and friends and um, sermons and conversations and, and moments and chance encounters where you meet somebody and they help you to go, you know what? You are loved unconditionally in Jesus, and you don't have to go look for that elsewhere. So if you guys would pray with me, I'd love to get started, maybe look at some scripture about what God has to say to us about this. Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you so much for your love for us. Uh, We thank you for your faithfulness, that you are uh, continually um, trying to tell us how much you love us and that you're um, trying to move us from where we have been um, to where you are taking us. So we're just excited tonight to hear what you have for us. Um, Lord, just speak through our time together and help us to hear what you have in store for our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So uh, I'm not the only one to notice this this trend or this tendency. Um, And I want to start with a passage in Galatians. We're going to look at Galatians 1. And I would love if you would read along with me because I don't like my reading voice. You know, I I need a little support and some help from the crowd on this. So uh, if you would, uh, we're just going to read this whole section and then we're going to talk a little bit about what um, I see that maybe Paul has to share with us about the approval of others. Okay, so Galatians 1, 6 through 12. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, Let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again. If anybody is preaching to you gospel other than the what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. 
Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor as I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Okay, so what is going on here? Because it's interesting. We're entering into a moment. This is not simply words on a page, but this is an existent moment where this guy, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is sharing with the community. He's writing a letter to uh, the church at Galatia asking them to, to consider truth that he has to share about how they're interacting with others and with God. And, and in, this, in this case and circumstance, um, there's, there was a bit of a scandal in the early church regarding the issue of, um, you know, these Jewish believers, these followers of Jesus who, um, you know, came from Judaism are, are following Jesus, but then Jesus, you know, flips the script and all of a sudden Gentile followers of Jesus are welcomed in to the family of God in a way that was uncomfortable for the traditions and um, experiences and religious practices of those who um, had been following Yahweh um, or, you know, the God that, that sent Jesus to um, be here to save us all. So in that context, um, there's a scandal, like I said, and, and what happens is um, Paul gets angry because the gospel of grace that he is mentioning is that, that anybody can come to faith in Jesus um, by the grace of God and through faith in Christ. And through that, they do not need to do any religious rituals, whether those are outward signs of a relationship with God, to be accepted into the community. So circumcision in this, in this circumstance here is um, the sign that's being talked about, right? Gentile believers do not have to be circumcised to enter into the family of God, but are merely accepted. And Paul is angry with this because um, one of his fellow workers, Peter, had this encounter with God lowering down um, the sheep from heaven with, with animals, this idea of nothing is unclean. Nobody is unclean, but everybody is welcome in. The old is gone, the new has come, and, and no longer um, are these outward signs necessary um, for, for somebody to be sealed and cemented as a member of the family of God. So Paul asks a real question here because he is on the spot. It's not as if the approval of people is a bad thing necessarily, but in this circumstance, Paul has to make a choice between standing up for this amazing gospel, this amazing good news that says you are accepted just because God loves you and you have decided to step into relationship with him. So Paul has the option of upholding that incredibly freeing truth or doing the opposite, which is going along with kind of these cultural customs that were starting to creep back up and say, eh, these Gentiles, they kind of need to, they need to get it in line. They need to be circumcised to enter into our family. Does that make sense? Right? Is that clear? Okay, I got some uh, head nods. Okay, perfect. Um, so Paul is standing up for a truth here, and that is basically this. There are circumstances and times where we need to choose. I think always we need to choose this, but where we will have to make a very clear decision about seeking the approval of God or seeking the approval of man. And 
the best thing is this isn't even something that just Paul experienced in this moment. This is something that Jesus encountered and is something that we encounter all the time as we are put in these very same positions where sometimes you just have to make a choice about will I seek the approval of man on this or will I ultimately put the approval of God? Um, you know, he says here, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So let's look at even what Jesus had to encounter with this. If you look at the next uh, passage, you can go ahead. Okay, so in John 12, 42 through 43, Jesus had this situation where he was doing miracles, and those miracles were, you know, really awing and ooing some people. But it says, yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. Okay, so they believe in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. And uh, for they loved human praise more than the praise from God. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever had those moments where you see God do something big, but, but then all of a sudden thereafter, you're put, with, put in that situation where you're like, oh man, I really want to share this amazing thing that God did, but if I were to do that, what would people think of me? I don't think it's as uncommon, and I think Jesus, the God of the universe, is sitting there doing miracles, but they're choosing the synagogue over the miracles, Right? They're choosing their church membership in that moment over and above the God that is standing right in front of them. And I think a lot of times that's the spot that we get put in is we have these undeniable moments where we experience God's love, where we know he's true, where we know what we believe is certain, but then we come face to face with the reality of, man, what will that mean? What will other people think of me if I share that hope? Or if I communicate that this is what I really believe in, what will they think? You know, so it's easy for me to agree with, man, these guys, wow, I can't believe them. They saw miracles. Or, yeah, Paul, you tell them. But then I get that check in my stomach that's like, wait a minute, I'm these guys. I'm Paul. Or, sorry, I'm not Paul. I am the guys that Paul is judging, or that he's calling to task, because very quickly I can be like... They don't get it together, I don't know. Right? There's these things that we put as barriers to the good news of the gospel of God's unconditional love for others and for ourselves. And one of those primary things is what's being spoken of here. And I think that is that we feel like we need the approval of others above all. So in that, I got to ask, is this just me? Or do you guys seek the approval of others before God? Maybe I'll give you a couple examples of of ways, and let me know if you resonate with this. Because it could just be me, I don't want to assume, but, but maybe, maybe just maybe, I might be hitting on something here. So, have you ever you know, sought the approval of man or do people please uh, over and above God through appearing righteous before others? You know, maybe you felt the pressure, man, I've got to be that kid who has it together. Because what if, what if people at church really knew what I was doing? What would they really think of me? And instead of getting you know, help or freedom from whatever you're struggling with, you keep it, you keep it locked down because you got to make sure that you look righteous. You know, or maybe it's the other end of the spectrum. Maybe that couldn't be more foreign of a thought. And for you, the struggle instead is, man, what if my non-Christian friends, like, what would they think of me if, you know, they, they realized I was kind of weird, <laughs> right? If they realized that, like, I do this thing, like, I believe and follow Jesus and that's not the norm. And, like, 
what if I, you know, had to kind of step out of what we normally do, right? In my fraternity, my sorority, my dorm, my house, what if I was the different one? Have any of you struggled with that? Or maybe, you know, performance and success is your thing. I used to work in college admissions, and I could not believe the amount of pressure that you guys, your age group, was experiencing only five years younger than me. I was reading these, the pressure that these students would talk about you know, to perform. Maybe it's your GPA. Maybe it's your successes. Maybe it's getting the right major. Maybe it's performing at a certain level that your family or friends expect of you. What if you put God before that? Or maybe you feeling loving, loved and accepted is one of your struggles. Maybe I just need somebody to love me. Maybe I need a boyfriend or a girlfriend or I need to uh, have somebody pursuing me or I need to pursue somebody. I mean, are, I think some of these might be clicking. Um, the last couple ones, maybe it's the amount of social media support and love you get, right? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me. But sometimes there's this whole thing like Facebook likes and retweets and Vine likes. I don't even know what you do on Vine. And, you know, other, other things like how many Snapchats you got. I mean, come on. I know these things are are real to you. Whatever your social media preference is, have you ever sought the approval there over and above maybe drawing close to Jesus and the love and intimacy that he offers? Maybe it's the way you look. Maybe it's, man, if I were only skinnier, if I were only buffer, if I only had the right clothes, if I only had the right possessions, what is it that, that is shackling for you in the way that my need was shackling for me and, and really, when I got down to the core, I think what I realized was I just didn't trust that God loved me. I think that was the big question. I, I, I struggled with the idea of unconditional love, and I was afraid of being left alone. And whenever I go back to that struggle, that's what I notice is that it's about, right? Wounds, different things that I battled make me decide, you know what, God, to trust you in this instance would be too much because I could get hurt. So I like to think about this a little bit like the elephant and a bathroom scale analogy. I mean, you guys know that one? Obviously, it's totally making the way that it's going around. OK, perfect. Awesome. So the elephant on a scale problem. OK, so this looks like a great idea. What I've learned through my struggle and through God's redemption of it with the approval of others is that um, as it says here, but on the scale, broke it, need to recalibrate the digital readout. Okay, what I learned here is that it doesn't work, right? So if I put the pressure on other people to approve of me, they're not equipped for the job. Much like the bathroom scale, if you put an elephant on it, a world's worth of pressure, uh, if you put you know, a job that only God can handle, which is unconditional love and support and approval. If I try to put that on a human being, I can't even love myself that way, let alone expect somebody else to love me to that degree. And what happens is that weight, it basically either breaks the other person and makes them pull away and continues on the cycle, or it makes you long for another scale, right? We, either, we, we end up having the elephant break the scale, and then we just search to put another one, right? We, we, we search to put another one out there to try to fix it. And then uh, along comes the elephant, steps on it, and it crushes it because the weight is too big 
for that person or those people to handle. And the invitation is to accept that there's hope. My point isn't to talk about the problem, but the point is to talk about the fact that God so unconditionally loves us that it's silly that we would seek out lesser gods, that we would take these good things, right? I'm confident that it's a good thing. You know, God gives us favor with human beings, right? There are moments where, hey, somebody will give you a word of affirmation, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's often a blessing. I think that can be an encouragement from God, but it's not God. Often the thing that we're seeking is a good way to point to the creator, but it's not the creator. And only the creator can give and ascribe worth to creation. So here's a solution. Okay? I want you to life hack your heart. Do you guys know about life hacks? Okay. We're going to repurpose here. This, these are some life hacks I want to show you. This is, my new, this is my new jam, okay? This is my thing that I love right now, and I just want you to see it, okay? So, using paper clips to organize your cables, right? Why haven't I done that? <laughs> like, every day, my cell phone charger falls down the windowsill, and I get it, pick it back up, and I'm like, ugh, so annoying, right? <laughs> Go to the next one. Take an old CD spindle and turn it into a bagel tote. Right? It sounds like a great way to repurpose one of those old CD you know, spindles that you're like, what do I do with this? Oh, I keep my old CDs. I don't know. Okay, next. Any of you painters? Do we have any artists? Anybody? Well, one day you will paint your house, right? Place a rubber band around an open paint can to wipe your brush off and keep paint on the, from off the side of the can. For the OCD people in the room, think about it. Right? It's beautiful. No paint mess. Okay, next one. Use a muffin tin to serve condiments at a barbecue. It will also help you cut down on dishwashing. And then the last, the last two are probably my favorite. Let's check the last two. Cut onions with no manly tears. Ugh, chew gum. Right? So if you chew gum, apparently while you cut onions, you won't cry. So I got you guys. Nice work. Next one. This is one I've actually adopted and I've been using very frequently. And so I like to lend out books. Right? (laughs) Enough said. If you borrow my book, I'm taking a photo of you. Okay. Perfect. All right. So what I'm trying to get at is this idea of repurposing. Okay? Repurposing. Taking that good thing. Right? All of these inventions were good things made for a specific purpose. You know? Paper clips. But when they're used, and they're like, they're, they're used for multiple purposes, uh, when, when they're looked at with a creative lens, right? And often I think the reason that we seek out the approval of others is because it's easier and it's not creative. It's way more creative to trust. It's way more creative to go, you know what, God? I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm going to trust you that, that you can use my life for more than, see, than simply keeping people happy. You want to do way more with my life, then keep me happy. That you have plans in place for me to work on to you, to work for you, to serve you, and to bless those around me in new ways that I could have never imagined. To live out that faith, not only to return to who you were when you realized, you know what? I am simply enough in God's love. 
I am saved by grace. He loves me. That's enough. But then to return and then to repurpose. Whatever has been broken, wherever you've sought approval and it's hurt and it's been painful and you've felt the repercussions, it's not the end of the story. A lot of these life hacks are things that have been broken that are reused for a different purpose. And if you've experienced brokenness from seeking the approval of others, guess what? Me too. And it hurts. But God is bigger than that, and he wants to repurpose and use you in a way that is going to bless others because you're first seeking to serve him and not seeking to please the approval of others. So I want to talk about, lastly, I want to close on this. Um, This is the last verse I want to look at from the Apostle Paul, and it's from Colossians 3. For me, in in my story of freedom, this has been an incredible check and balance. This has been an incredible thing that God has used to say, Tyler, who are you working for? So here's the verse, Colossians 3, 23-24. Let's read along again. All right. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So repurposing is about seeking freedom. It's about using what Paul first asked us, is the opportunity to be a servant of Christ, to work onto the Lord for his approval, for not to earn it, but simply to live into the gift of love that he has already given you. We don't have to earn the approval, you guys. The freedom is there for us to simply go, you know what? Whatever I do, whether it is doing my studies, whether it is work, whether it is friendships, whether it is my relationship with um, you know, whoever is in my life, my opportunity is to serve Jesus with that, is to love God and to love others versus seeking to gain that love that I already have. So I just want to close by saying, let's, let's give our life to this. There's a great invitation here to just simply realize that God created us, that he loved us, and that he wants us to serve him and to be free. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you um, that we can't do anything to lose your love or to earn your love, but blessedly we get an opportunity to focus our efforts, our skills, the gifts, the perfect uh, gifts and talents that you've given us from above. Uh, to bring glory and praise and honor to you. So God, give us vision for how to do that in the various places in our life. Um, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I wanted to quickly give you an opportunity to reflect on this. Um, I don't know about for you, but again, if this is something where you're struggling to experience freedom, you have an opportunity to take a few minutes, uh, whether it's by yourself or you want to talk with a friend or gather up and I just want to ask the question, where um, is it hard for you to serve God um, over and above serving the approval of others? So take a few minutes if you need to reflect by yourself or you need to gather together with others um, and enjoy the opportunity um, to own this truth that maybe God has for you. Thanks, guys.